Talking with Topher is sponsored by slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com, New Hampshire Vape Gallery, and naturalbossnh.com. More on that later. Let's get in episode 82. What is happening, TWT fans? We're back. I'm back. You're back. Woo-hoo! All right. It's episode 82. This is wild. Monday, October 25th, 2021. And uh, for you, it's Thursday. Yeah. October 28th, 2021. Super pumped, though. Um, as always, I just want to say thank you to everybody. It's greatly appreciated that you're subscribing, watching, liking, all of those things. Um, I greatly appreciate it. And let's see. The weather for Thursday is going to be... Look at that. It's the only day of the week. It's going to be partly cloudy and 57 out. Some sunshine. Looks like the rain's going to break away. But we'll see how that turns out. Well, on Thursday. Um, crazy week ahead. Uh, next couple weeks are going to be crazy just because uh, covering, taking some time off. So doing a little flip-flop of some scheduling. And I'm um, going to have to... Well, I'm going to have to record a couple podcasts in a row, which is going to be interesting for me because um, I usually record this one once a week and to have to record two or, th- yeah, I think it's about two more after this. Um, it's just going to be interesting. You know, it's going to be a change for me. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's going to be a change for me. I'm going to have to figure a few things out, but before I get into all of that, Um, if you are new to the podcast, if you're new to the podcast, you need to be subscribing. What are you doing? You're watching, but you're not clicking the subscribe button. Shame on you. All right. Click that subscribe button. It's literally the only thing I'm asking everybody to do. It keeps me coming back here week after week. And then of course, the other thing I'm asking everybody to do is check out the sponsors. All right. Got three great sponsors. Um, I tell you about them in the beginning. I have three different ads for them. Uh, New Hampshire Vape Gallery, slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com, and, of course, naturalbossnh.com. That helps keep the podcast afloat. So go check them out. All their links are in the description below the video. You can click on them, go right to their website, and start shopping. All right? So check all those out, and uh, let's keep this podcast afloat. Um, if you also want to know when all the new episodes are uploaded, then you need to be hitting the alarms, hit the alarm. So, you know, when all the new episodes upload, click the like buttons, share rate review and leave comments. Yes. Comments. All of these things help the algorithm. It helps put the podcast into public's eye. I don't know shove it up the ladder who the fuck knows what it actually does but it helps so do all of those things but 
Please be subscribing if you're watching. That's the most important thing at the end of the day. It is completely free for you, uh, but, you know, this isn't free to do. So, uh, if you want to follow me on social media, that's right, I'm out there. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. Look, handles. They're right underneath my face, or I put them all in the description below the video. Again, that is Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. And, of course, if you want to get more involved with the podcast, you can send an email. Yeah, email, T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. That's talkingwithtopher at gmail.com. If you would like to send in a story and want to get some free merch, put slow down in the subject line, send it on over. I'll pick it out. I'll read it. Go over it. Maybe it turns out to be so good. Want to put you on the podcast myself. So let's figure that out. But I will give you free merch. You put slow down, I pick you out, and there you go. You only have to send the email over to T A L K I N with Topher at gmail.com. All right. That's talking with Topher at gmail.com. And now, with all of that out of the way, we can get into this week's weekly roundup. Yes. Um, I have to say, it was a really good week, and I, 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 you know, the end of the week was definitely my favorite part, but there was a lot of stuff that I was dealing with all week that it took me a little while to realize that these are all things I used to deal with while drinking, you know? So... Um, just for a quick example before I get too far off track, but I always get anxiety. I get anxiety about so much, and I never realized it was something that we're just all going to deal with, and you don't always have to take a medication for it. But first, Tuesday. Tuesday, uh, I went back into the shop, um, had to take care of a whole bunch of stuff, and uh, I was I was a little upset about things, but it was okay because um, that's what happens in retail. You know, not everybody works the same. And I was always told when I was a manager that never expect anybody to do what you do. All right. And I am doing that to the best of my ability. Um, I understand that, you know, this is second nature to me. You know, when you've been doing something for 30 years, you can basically do it with your eyes closed, you know? So I rearranged a bunch of stuff, cleaned a bunch of shit up, and then um, I, I, I do all my orders after that, and then I finish out my day and I go home. Um, Tuesday wasn't too crazy. I'd have to say that almost every day at work is never too crazy. And I'm almost wondering why I, I know why I do this. It's to remember what was I, what I wanted to talk about because I don't write anything down anymore. That's another thing I'm not doing. I looked at my book and I was like, oh, I stopped writing like episode 79. And now I just kind of just go off the handle, I guess. Um, I try to keep a basic idea. I got some notes. You know, I do that, but nothing like, I'm not writing it all out anymore, which is very interesting to me, and it makes me feel a little freer, you know, I don't feel like I'm 
so stuck in my ways. But I also feel like when I don't write shit down, I veer and I, 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 I do this. And uh, um, I need, and I like the structure of writing everything down because I feel like that kept me moving forward. Um, but that's okay. It's it's not a big deal. So Wednesday shows up. Uh, I go and go to jujitsu class. I got my knee brace, um, which was great. I uh, definitely compressed the knee. Uh, but if anybody pushes on that thing, like um, if you sit down uh and and you're in uh what are they calling it now crisscross applesauce because i can't say something style anymore um but bending the knee out that way like that um hurts really bad so that's how we break guard all right, you wrap your feet around somebody, and the way that they break guard is they push your knee to the floor. Well, I have to say, I can't take that very well right now. So I am learning how to work with, I guess, my disability. I mean, I, I'm not disabled, but I definitely keeps from from doing a lot of the stuff I wish I could do right now. So... Uh, that happened in class. It definitely was burning a little bit, but it felt better with the knee. Uh, I don't even know if you call it a brace. It's more like a knee slip, I guess. Um, felt a lot better after class than it did on Monday without anything on it at all. Um, so I finished that up, got out of there, came home, and then um, you know there was a bunch of shit going on at the house, and then it's time to edit. And uh, my wife has been doing, you know, we've got some old shit. Everybody's got old shit laying around the house. So she went to go run off and uh, sell a few things that she put up on Facebook Market. And it, it, it it's working out really well for her. I can't knock her for that. I mean, I put so much shit up for sale. And now one of the websites I used to use doesn't exist anymore. And the other ones, they suck because I can't. I have to go take the pictures all over again, and half of the shit that I had up for sale, I took pictures for years ago, put it in a box, bubble-wrapped it, and it's been sitting there ever since, and now the apps don't want to access all of your gallery, so you have to, like, I don't want to go and fucking take pictures of everything again, so I guess it'll just sit there in a box instead, and Instead of it, but she's selling shit. So I told her I'm gonna have her post some of my shit. I'm gonna send her the pictures and have her put it up. See if we can't get this stuff gone. But she sold some. Uh, she sold some house or something. A little little tiny house. And then um, you know uh, yesterday, she, I think she sold our end tables. So she's killing it right now. She's selling shit, which is great. I try to, but it doesn't always happen. Um, so she's got to jam out. She's going to do some stuff and I'm coming up here to edit. Editing went so smooth. So thankful for that. And then I went to upload it and it told me it was going to take two hours and 46 minutes and it ended up taking almost six hours for it to upload or export. God damn it. Um, so I was like, shit. And, uh, so I get it all up, no problem, everything's rocking and rolling, you know, by midnight, I'm done, 
Um, I'm getting ready to crawl into bed by 12.30, which is fantastic. I've been telling everybody how difficult this has been, and I, I've been putting in a lot of extra hours trying to make this easier and shorter. And um, I finally think I've, I think I finally found a way to do it, but now I'm thinking about doing it another way, and that's because I believe, you know, the Internet, right? Comcast is like the ruler of the internet around here. If you have internet, you probably have Comcast. And it sucks. Well, there's this new company, uh, begins with a C, Consolidated. And I'm interested. I am very interested. This is uh, fiber optic, right? They just put it all over the city. I just got the thing in the mail probably about three, four days ago. And so I gave them a call, and they're going to give one gig of upload speed for 70 bucks a month. And it includes the hardware, so you get your router, your, mo uh, your router modem. You, it can go up to 2,500 square feet. It can have multiple devices, and... You may have to pay for extenders if you need them, um, which I didn't. I don't need them with the Comcast one, so I don't see why I would need them with theirs. Uh, but my upload is a hundred megabytes per second, and I'll tell you, I am paying ninety-five dollars a month. So the seventy dollars from these guys is for the first year. After that. It turns out to be a hundred bucks a month. So I could save us over two hundred and fifty dollars, three hundred bucks if I sign up and do a whole year. And then after that, it's only five dollars more a month than what I'm paying right now for Comcast. I don't know about you, but I think it's a no brainer. I know they're a newer company. Um, I know Comcast is definitely reliable. Um, so I am a little hesitant at the moment, but I think that would make my exporting and uploading easier, right? I think so. I think I would be able to export. It may still take the same amount of time to extract the video and put it onto the computer, but I'm pretty sure if I'm doing a gigabyte, I mean... It's got to upload faster. It just has to. I think so. So I'm really, excuse me, I'm really considering that right now um, because I just think it's going to make life that much easier. I mean, even if it takes, you know, I finish editing, say, at 2 or, no, 3 or 4, and it takes till 9 to get the video onto the computer, what if uploading it to YouTube only took an hour instead of three and a half hours like it normally takes? Right? I don't know. So check them out. They might be in your area. I was in Seabrook. Um, they got the same flyers. We got one at the shop. I left it for the owner because I was like, shit, dude. All we use is the Wi-Fi here anyways. So... I don't know, save you an extra couple hundred bucks a month. I don't know. So I, I think it's going to be something worth looking into. Um, of course, Thursday comes around and, you know, no jujitsu still. Um, 
Friday, Saturday, uh, all work. All work, no play. Uh, but, yeah, all work, all day, and uh, no, nothing really exciting uh, went down um, on any of those days. It was just normal work stuff, you know? I got, I got to talk to the owner, you know? he was. At, it was our crossover Thursday, which was nice because this has been the first one in a couple weeks where we've gotten to see each other. We had a great conversation, you know, talk, you know, it's all business talk and we're talking about the store where I'm telling him about certain things about retail because he still doesn't understand certain things. And that's okay because I'm not expecting him to do what I do. Um, but you know, it's it, the way I look at it and I'm trying to be gingerly about this because I know he listens to the podcast. So I'm not saying that anything that he does is wrong. It just certain things could use a little bit of improvement, and that's because he's never worked in retail per se like I have. And it's just a different world than where he used to be. You know, tattooing and body piercing is not set up like retail. You might have retail items that you sell, but it's not set up like retail. So I'm thankful that uh, he takes every word that I say as, as, as constructive criticism because uh, that makes me feel like, you know what, somewhat valuable, right? You know, everybody wants to feel valuable. Everybody wants to feel like they're, they're um, part of something. We all do. I do, too. I, 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 I feel like the last five years has showed him that I'm as invested in this store as he is. You know, when I'm there, it's all about shop. And that's all it should be about. And when I'm not there, it's not about the shop. And that's the way you need to live your life. And that's why it was months ago I was saying, you know, you got to leave your personal stuff at the door when you walk into work. But sometimes it is very difficult to do those things. But, yeah, so we're going over, you know, rotation and blah, 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 blah. And we're going over all this stuff. And it was, it was really nice to see him, first of all. And second of all, it was nice to touch base on a few things and have him understand where I'm coming from and, you know, I feel with time, this will all become second nature to him too. But the reason that I feel this way is, you know, he knows about the background and all the lawyers and all this other stuff that's going on, right? And all I have nothing to do with that. I know very little about it. I ask him information and he gives it to me when I need it so that I can, you know, use it. But at the same time, as the store owner... And this is, this is where my brain comes in, and I have to tell myself, not everybody works like you. But if I was the owner of the store, I would be, be knowledgeable of all of it, right? Because I'm not saying that, like, something's going to happen, but what if, I don't know, I got into a car accident, let's say. And now I can't work for weeks, right? Well, he's going to have to bring somebody on or he's going to have to run the shop by himself. And then he's not going to know how to do certain things. And what are you going to do? Wait, wait until I come back to fix it. So I feel as, as if I was a shop owner, I would want to know everything that my store manager 
does everything that I need to do as the owner. And then on top of that, I know that we don't have employees, but I feel like we need to run the place as if we have employees. Now, this might be a little bit too much behind the scenes. I don't think so. I feel like I'm being pretty vague in, in a sense. But I had to tell myself, you can't expect him to do what you do. You can't expect him to think like you. You can't expect him to do this like you. You can't expect that. I could. I, I used to always get told, do not get discouraged when you ask somebody to do something and they don't do it exactly how you would do it. Because you're asking them to do it because it's your job to ask these people to do these things and it's their job to accomplish it. But if it's not done to the way you would do it, what you have to do is, is you have to ask, is it, is it done? Is it okay? I mean, sure. All things can be tweaked and cleaned up and neatened. That's all I'm talking. But are the juices making it out in the proper spots? Are they, are they, uh, are the coils making it? You know what I mean? Just like, is everything getting to where it needs to go? Then that's okay too. So I had to go over this stuff in my own mind as I was also dealing with a few other things. And it just made me realize that, you know, as much as I want everything to go the way that I want it, I do have to constantly check myself and be like, ah, shit. You have to remember, even though this person is a friend, you can't be talking to him this way. Like, I can't, I can't treat him like a friend, in a sense, when we are behind the counter. I have to keep myself in check, and I have to keep reminding myself that, yeah, he is my friend. That's fine. Friends can work together. But in business, you also have to remember where your place is, Right? And no matter what, I'm still his employee. And because he's my friend, I feel like I can talk to him a certain way. But that's not the way you would talk to your boss. So I have to put myself in check and be like, oh, shit. If I keep saying whatever, I could put myself in a jeopardizing situation where... He's going to be like, well, if he doesn't want this or he's do it's just always bad, bad, bad. Well, at the end of the day, it's his shop. And what's to stop him from finally treating me like an employee? Right? So all these things coming through my mind and it was, it, I bring this all to light with him. We talk about it and it was great. Because I always think of things going so bad and I had a lot of anxiety about this because I was like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that, but I want you to do this and this and this and this. And that's not the way this works, right? He's the store owner. I'm the employee. And he reassured me that it's all good. He understands where I'm coming from. And he did let me know that I've gotten a lot better 
in the last five years than when I started. So, and I just thought, I found that to be interesting, but I could also tell that he was stressed out because of the way things were going around the shop. You know, the way stuff was displayed, the, the way it got processed, this and that. And I looked at him and I was like, dude, don't feel that way. I can, I can literally come into this store and see by what you've done that you're stressed out. And it's funny because when I first started, I was stressed out because I came from corporate. I came from structure. And then I walk into this shop and there's nothing. I literally had to build the structure that is in the shop today. And it's fine. I'm glad I did that. I mean, I got Walmart, Hobby Lobby and Tractor Supply. Uh, All their background bullshit is what runs that place. I took a little bit from everybody and I made it my own. And um, I lost my train of thought. Shit. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, so I, I was letting them know that, hey, if you're stressed out, man, if you're, if you're really having a hard time, you know, and he's telling me what he was doing and all this other shit, and I'm like, good, that's fine. I don't, I, I mean, you don't have to explain yourself to me. I'm letting you know that if you're having a hard time with shit, leave it. I would rather have you do all the pricing and get nothing out than try to price and get everything out and then I'm just going to come back through and clean it up. It's actually more difficult to clean it up than it is to just put it out. So, I, I mean, you know, we, like I said, we haven't had a talk like this in weeks, and it felt really good, and I was just really, really happy about everything we had to talk about. And then, you know, Saturday couldn't come fast enough. It never can. I mean, I, I, I love work. Uh, you know, I love getting paid. I like doing things. But at the same time, you, you always want to go home. So, if I can go home... And I am having the worst anxiety um, because Sunday is the last day uh, for the dogs to be walked. And this is super exciting because now I'm getting my mornings back. Um, So I went uh, to do all my normal morning shit. Coming back, me and the wife are hanging out. We're chit-chatting. We're talking. And I'm like, all right, it's the last mow of the year. And uh, so I go out there, and I'm mowing, getting everything all cleaned up. Because I didn't want the dogs to go out onto the lawn before I mowed. Because then if they poop, it's all in the long grass. And that's so annoying. And I knew that we were getting close to the end of growth because we had a frost Sunday morning. You know, it was our very first frost. I was excited about it because that's the indication that all the plants are done. That's it. They're all going to go to sleep, and we'll see them in the spring. So I get this all mowed, get everything cleaned up, uh, come inside. We eat lunch, and that's it. After lunch, uh, go and have some coffee. Uh, I had some more coffee, actually. And uh, I go out. Uh, outside and we let the dogs out 
and now they're roaming around the yard. Um, and I, I wanted all of this to go a specific way because I know that everything that I did, I think, is going to keep the dogs in. But without the dogs out there, I can't tell whether or not they are going to find something. So we stood out there. Wife starts a fire, which was so cool to have a fire in the fire pit that's been rebuilt three times now. And so we're out there having a fire. The dogs are running around. And my anxiety that I had built up for weeks, for weeks. Now, this is this anxiety was me worrying about the lawn getting ruined that I spent two months and 20 days growing, taking care of, fertilizing, um, all this work that was done in that amount of time, and now I have to let the dogs piss and shit all over it. And I didn't... I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh, my God, are they going to go right for the new grass? Are they going to? Uh. Now, back in the day, the reason I bring this up is because I would drink when I had this much anxiety. You know, I was on Wellbutrin. I was on. No, I was on Wellbutrin for depression, but I was on a high anti-anxiety medication, Repitol, Repitrol, something like that. And. I didn't, it was nice to be able to deal with my anxiety without anything else. All of the anxiety that I still get today without the medications and without the alcohol, I'm starting to realize is just part of our everyday life. We are not meant to be taking in as much information as we do. We're not meant to be doing half of the shit we're doing today, like this type of shit, talking into a camera and a microphone. and This isn't what we were designed to do. We're designed to be, you know, I don't know, killing stuff and fucking living in the woods and, 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 and struggling with the, the weather, you know what I mean? And we've done all of these things to make our lives easier we've done all these things to extend life in general because being outside with the wild animals and everything like that i mean i probably be dead already you know what i mean but i didn't have any of that so i'm not so i think we get anxiety from just everyday life and what i wasn't realizing is in the past I would say to even my friends, I'd be like, I just got to go get my medication changed or I got to go get medication or I need to do this and I got to get because I didn't know how to deal with it. And instead of dealing with it, I was too busy drinking. But here I am five years later having the same amount of anxiety, if not more about my dogs just taking over the backyard, which they've been doing for years mind you this is not new it's just we're getting back into it and it was all in my head it was definitely something I was like man I could totally just fucking have a drink and 
forget about it because that's where that level of anxiety would send me. That level of anxiety would, I would just start drinking. It would, the, the anxiety would go away and the, the, the don't give a fucks kick in. And then I'm not worried about that problem anymore. And that was a, that was my solution. That's how I dealt with shit. Or I'd talk to my doctor and have him put me on fucking pills. You know, or I'd talk to my therapist and I'd be like, we got, we got to up these pills, man. I don't know. I'm still anxious. Expect, like I was expecting a pill to make my anxiety go away. Like, does anti-anxiety medication work? Yeah. But it also numbs you. It also friggin' it, it's just weird. It's weird. I was on mood stabilizers, so you take one in the morning, you take one at night, because if you if you woke up and you were in a good mood, you take that mood stabilizer, it's supposed to keep you in that good mood. And then if you take it before you go to bed, you bring the new you bring the good mood with you overnight and bring it back in the morning. Now, when I was taking those, that made sense. But me saying that out loud right now really doesn't make that much sense. How does a pill know what mood I'm in? What is it grabbing a hold of and bringing to the next day? No, I'm mentally in a good mood because I just took that pill and now I'm telling myself I'm going to be in a good mood. Right? And this is the stuff I'm start, I've started to realize when I started getting off of all the medications. And once I was off all my medications, now I'm having all these feelings that I have to deal with. So I got my own head. I had a shit ton of anxiety. And then Sunday we let the dogs roam around. They, they piss. We were out there. They pooped. I cleaned it up. No big deal. Everything's going great. And then we come inside and we're watching the news and they talk about the frost and they talk about how the nothing's going to grow after this. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to go out there. I'm going to have to clean up poop. I got to take care of this. Got to take care of this. We don't want to leave that on the lawn too long. And then they're like, it's going to rain for like the next three days. And I was like, oh, my God, I cut my grass. I let my dogs back out and they're going to pee. And now the rain it's just going to wash it away. The only b- bummer part is that, uh, you know, I'm probably not going to go out there and clean up the poop for a couple days. So I might have some dead grass. But what are what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Do I lose all the time that I've been losing and continue to walk them? Or do I just let them do what they've been doing for the last eight years and I get my time back, and I finally get to go to uh, Thursday jiu-jitsu. Uh, well, no, I'm going to go to jiu-jitsu, you know? I've got to learn to let go. I can't let it give me anxiety. The whole point of all of this was for yesterday. So I talk about this because these are reasons why I used to drink. And now I'm realizing that I don't. And that's not just because I'm five years separated from alcohol. 
but it's because I've taken care of myself. I've gotten myself to the point where I know myself. I actually know my body. I actually know what I'm feeling, how I'm not feeling, what's causing it. What am I thinking about? What is X, Y, and Z? All of this shit took so much time to figure out that it's nice to finally be in a spot where I'm like, okay, I'm just anxious, got a lot of anxiety. It's okay. Get this, this, and this done, and we'll get to the anxiety part of it. We got to get through this. And then we did, and it was so simple. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that I used to drink this away. I used to pop pills to make this go away. I used to think talking to a therapist was the way to do it. And I'm not saying that therapy is wrong or uh, I think I think I think therapy is very good. I want to say that right off the bat. I encourage therapy. I think all of us need to talk to somebody that is not within our circle that can have an objective view on what's going on. I'm just saying my therapist, uh, I went to him because I knew he was going to prescribe me drugs and the drugs were what I was betting would fix me. So going and talking to, to him was, was actually pretty good. But the problem was, is that we never set up an initial like talking session. Like, I know people that go in, they talk to the therapist, then they, they just, you know, all kinds of shit, and they're going, they're having, like, uh, you know, actual conversations, and these therapists are helping to work through. Most of my conversations were, this is how the medications make me feel, this is what I'm feeling, I think we need to go up, I think we need to go down, oop, we finally got the medication, okay, great, I'll see you in six months. You know what I mean? So, I wasn't talking in therapy we were basically just making sure my heart rate was good my blood pressure was good and making sure that the pills were actually working so a little bit of a different reason why uh, of why I say what I just said um, but yeah I think therapy's great I mean I've actually considered it recently of just going and talking to somebody Because sometimes you just need to talk to somebody that's not within your circle. You just got to go do it. You know? If you talk to the same people all the time, they don't have an objective view. And you you need an objective view. So if you ever feel like you need to talk to somebody, I would. There's plenty of ways to do it. There's plenty of therapists out there. And if you can't get to one or insurance doesn't cover it, then check out BetterHelp. I'm not a sponsor. I mean, they are not a sponsor of this podcast. But, man, I've heard of a lot of people using BetterHelp, and they've gotten a lot of help from it. So that's great. If that's something that would work for you, then fucking do it. I'm not against it at all. I think it's great practice to do those things. Just like I, you know, I love groups, and I love stuff like that. Not AA per se, But I like the idea of being in a group and having things uh, to look forward to. And then maybe all of a sudden one week, you know, they ask you to take over the meeting or be the book holder. You know what I mean? And people get responsibilities, responsibilities, 
lead to, um, you know, wanting to do better. When, when, when you're a fuck up and an alcoholic and, 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 and just, just down, you don't feel like you're part of anything. And therefore the drive for getting better is not there. But I'll tell you the one time that I did the meeting and, and I, I was going at, the one time I went to AA and they finally asked me to, you know, after speaking a few times, they asked me to sit at the, te- the, the table. They asked me to run the meeting, which means I get up, I speak, I uh, bring, you know, let people come up. And then when they're done, I, I announce where we're at in the meeting, you know, and it gave me a responsibility. That's important. A lot of people trying to get better need responsibility. Luckily for me, this time around, when I got when I finally got sober off of alcohol and chose to do it for myself, I had a lot of responsibilities, which is probably the reason why I finally realized that this shit was not helping me and it could only hurt, you know? So that's, that's, that's why I got into that. I just want everybody to know. I believe we're all in the same spot. We're all dealing with this shit all the time. The difference is, is that we have something masking where this is coming from. And if you can find the root of that issue, you can beat the issue. And that is going to be 10 times easier than flip-flopping medications and going to therapy appointments and doctor appointments and all this other fucking shit. I think once we figure it out and you get to the root of the issue, that helps way better. I mean, I, I, I only can say this because of the last five years. If you were to talk to me before that, you would not have this answer. You would not have me speaking to you in this way because my words, believe it or not, they've gotten a lot better, you know? And I was not an easy person to talk to when I was drinking. I wasn't an easy person to talk to in general. So to be where I am today is just really nice. It's really, really nice, and it makes me super happy, which is why I was so uh, happy to have these discussions with him and why it was nice to deal with that whole anxiety-ridden process the way I did. Because once I got through it and they were doing their thing, there was nothing to be anxious about anymore. I was like, oh, what did you think was going to happen? They were just going to start pissing everywhere and the lawn was going to be dead tomorrow? You know, so you get in your head. We all do it. And I think we could, almost all of us could do it without the help of pills. Maybe we still need to talk to somebody. Maybe we need to have the pills to figure ourselves out. I did it for 20 years. 20 years antidepressant. And I was on high anxiety and mood stabilizers for like five years. So, I'm not against any of it. I'm just saying, if you are 
where I am today, and you're still doing all of those other things, but you're staying off of your 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 poison of choice, then it might be time to take a look at that and see if it's benefiting you as much as you thought it was. And it was like once I stopped drinking, I had to get off the antidepressants because believe it or not, once I started figuring out what was making me depressed, it wasn't making me depressed anymore. And therefore, I didn't need the medication for it. And with the depression depleting and going away, then I didn't need the ant. The anxiety medication and the mood stabilizers. Because once my depression left, my mood went better. It was good. And I'm like, oh, I I don't need... Oh, I see, I see. This all rolls into one. It all rolls into one. And I think it starts with our addiction. You know? Because I had friends telling me for years, dude, why are you going to therapy? What is this person doing for you? Why are you taking these pills? What are these pills doing to you? And I'm like, I'm fine. It's fine. And it wasn't. And it wasn't until I got off of alcohol that I could actually open my eyes and figure this all out. So I just thought it was, it's crazy this world we, we go into in our mind uh, when we have anxiety or we have these emotions going on, and I was just like, no, no, I can deal with this on my own. I just have to do it in my specific way. Like, my wife my wife was so funny. She's like, can I let the dogs out yet? And I'm like, no. I'm going to finish this. We're going to eat. Then we're letting out the dogs. I have to physically be out in the yard when they come and piss and shit on it. For the very first time. And that helps me get over my anxiety. Because now I have to let go. And it gave me a better idea of where they're going to pick. You know? You know, Barry went around the back of the garage. He likes that spot. Archer likes in front of the shed. Guess what? Neither one of those places is uh, where the new grass is growing. And then their favorite spot to poop is in the corner on the other, on the other side. And I'm like, oh, this is great. They are literally uh, all over the crabgrass. That's all that grows in in those corners because we had trees and we had shade. So we were lucky if we ever got grass there. And with uh, all the trees being cut down, not just only mine, but my neighbors around me, as the trees started getting cut down all around the yard, crabgrass was the only thing that took off. So I was like, yes. And then I was like, oh, man, this is great. So we are back to where we were two months and 20 days ago, which is letting the dogs out in the backyard. And now I'm going to start getting my time back which is going to allow me to do all the things I haven't been capable of doing, swinging kettlebells. I can't really run right now. My knee is really on fire, and I'll get more into that in a second. But I'm going to get all this stuff back. And now, for the very first time this week, when you're watching this podcast or listening to it, when it uploads at 5 in the morning, 
That morning, I will be on the jujitsu mats in Plastow. Super pumped. It has been 12 or 14 weeks now. And now I'm just really excited to get back in there. I haven't seen anybody in a while. I'm sure everything's changed because, I mean, two and a half months, it's a long time. You know, people change. People, you know, they everybody changes. And I just cannot believe that we are so close to Halloween and my birthday's around the friggin' corner. Also in November is my five-day water fast, in case you're interested. Um, I will be posting all of those things. Um, but I know for a lot of people, uh, fasting is difficult. But I try to do it in the beginning. So my five-day water fast could be coming up a lot sooner than I anticipated. Hmm. I'm going to have to put some thought into that. Um, but, yeah, so keep on the lookout for all of that. I will post everything and let you know when I'm thinking about doing it. It will be before Thanksgiving, uh, just to let you know. Um, I would never do that to anybody. I'm not going to ask anybody to skip out on turkey or anything like that. Probably the week before Thanksgiving. Um, this is the uh, first year. Well, this is – this is uh, what is it? I think my birthday falls on Thanksgiving like every four or five years, and this just happens to be the year that it falls on Thanksgiving. So I was hoping it wasn't, but it is, so that's fine. So I just can't believe how fast everything's going, you know? And then today I go to class, and it was it was a great class. I had to go down by myself, so I drove down. Freaking go into class and, you know, everybody's, we're, we're all talking and they're talking about skiing. I don't ski. I don't snowboard. I don't go on mountains. I, I've got enough issues. I'm not adding on any extras. It's the same reason I stopped mountain biking. Um, I get to a point where I don't know what happens, but like fear shuts down and I think think I'm invincible and then I hurt myself because I'm I don't know what it is but like the last mountain bike trip we went on I was just ahead of everybody going down this fucking mountain and I'm I'm not paying attention I'm just I'm yeah I'm ahead of everybody screwing down and just fucking screwing and You know, it goes from the rocky path into the narrow path, and now you're cutting in, and you're going into the woods, and it was like orange tape, and uh, I saw the orange tape, and then I saw it continuing, and then all of a sudden, it stopped, and there was a tree down, and I wasn't paying attention to the tree because I'm looking at the orange tape, and I just, you know, I kind of threw my side into it, and, you know, I didn't get too hurt but I twisted my ankle and it screwed up everything for like six weeks and it took almost a year for my ankle to feel normal and then I realized how much I was getting damaged in jujitsu and I was like well wait a minute if I go mountain biking what if I get into that zone again and, and something really bad happens I'm like you know what 
Let's just not do that. And I don't know if this is because I don't drink anymore. I don't know if it's because I'm just getting older and I worry about this shit more. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to tap out on the next couple ones because I feel like it's a little too dangerous for me. So I don't go on those trips anymore. Um, it's just not in my wheelhouse. I'm not doing anything that could, you know, I mean, jujitsu, I don't get paid to do that. I pay to go do that. Right. Cause I'm learning something. I'm, I'm progressing. It's, uh, it's, it's a great staple in my life. It helps me keep me in check. It helps a lot of my mental problems that I have with myself. And the other things that you can do that are fun, they're also dangerous. And I just don't want to not be able to work and not be able to go to jujitsu. Normally, if I get hurt in jujitsu, like with my knee, that's just it. That's it. It's over, right? I just don't go to class for a couple weeks. I get upset with myself because I pay for all of that, but I'm not out of work. So, and I just, after that crash and then the few other things that I did on the mountain bike and I was just like, man, I am just so stupid. I am not 20 years old anymore. I am never going to bounce back if I fucking really smack a tree, you know. I wind up like fucking Ted Kennedy. Is that the one? I don't know. One of the Kennedys playing football on the on the slopes there and died. So I went into class. Knee brace was helping. Uh, rolled with a few people. I ha- I had to sit out. Um, let the knee fucking cool off. It's burning right now. I don't have a doctor's appointment, which is so frustrating. But. That's the way it goes, you know. I'm waiting for them to call me back. And, of course, I'm like, I even told the nurse, I'm like, I don't want to come and see you. And she's like, why? And I go, because if I come and see you, I'm not going to get what I want. I'm going to come in. The doctor's going to look at me and be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He'll be able to see that I'm hurt, but I don't think I'm as hurt as... I'm in, I'm 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 putting it in my brain. In my brain, I have a I have a I have a torn meniscus. Uh, this stuff it's gonna fall apart any moment, you know. And the last time I thought that way, he looked at it and he was like, "Just stay off your knee for like another week, and then you should be okay on light duty." Um, you know, light duty for jujitsu. And I was like, "Okay." And then they took an X-ray, which doesn't show you anything, because except for the fact that whether or not the bone is fractured. But I'm not coming to you because I think something's fractured. I'm coming to you because I think a ligament is torn. But they still have to do an x-ray before they do an MRI because that's the way our insurance companies work. So it's very frustrating to wait. So I'm just doing what I can in class. I'm doing it the the best. And, and you know, Professor uh, Lucas got up there and he was like, Chris, you know, I know your knees hurt. He's like, just don't do what you can't. He's like, know your body, know your limitations, and know when to call it quits. And I was like, thank you. Because 
He doesn't know that I've been going over these things in my mind. I've been going over these things with Tyler um, and, and all this other stuff. So I just said thank you and 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 and, and moved on. But that's exactly what I've been doing. If I get hurt, my job is to keep them away from the hurt spot. You know, let them know that this is injured. And then that way they know if they, because when you get into a role, you don't remember, you don't, you're not going to remember everything. And if you're newer or, uh, you know, white belts and stuff like that, they don't remember anything after you clap hands. And that's okay. It's not their responsibility to re- really remember those things. It's my responsibility to tap if I can't take it and to um, keep them away from it. So I, I agree with Professor very much. He he didn't really know that that's exactly what I was trying to do, and that's fine. I don't expect him to read my mind. I love the fact that he's looking out for my safety, and that's important because that's what you want from your professors. That's what you want from all the students. When you tell somebody you've got an injured knee or shoulder or something like that, they should, that's it. Like, they're not, it's not that they're not going to, like, go for that because they may be in a transition and they'll just be like, oh, I got to move. But they don't remember that your shoulders or whatnot. And then, oh, I'm so sorry. That that happens too. I've done that to many people. They've told me something. I was like, okay, okay, it's this one. And then you get into rolling, and I swear to God I'm dyslexic because, like, they'll be like, oh, my right knee, whatever. And then I'll do a move, but it'll be with me pushing on maybe their right knee or something. I'm not using it a true example. I'm just trying to put a scenario together. And I've actually been, they've been like, oh, tap. And I was like, what happened? And they're like, I just told you about my knee. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I thought it was the other one. And that's okay. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. We're all trying to work together. I, I was rolling with somebody else. And <laughs> as I'm trying to get into mount, you know, he's trying to push me. I'm trying to bring my knee up. And he went to push me. My knee was stronger. But he had already moved my leg a little bit. So when my knee came in, it just clocked him in the back of the jaw. Not on purpose. It's just the momentum. It's just what happened. Of course, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, bro. I didn't mean that. And he's like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's keep going. You know, because sometimes it is just that. It's just a little bump. You know, I've, I've definitely caught a knee, a foot, um, an elbow to the face. It happens. You slip. Like, it's nothing is perfect. But as long as, like, the person apologizes or maybe they get you and you, you're holding your face, it, they stop and they recognize that they hurt you. They see that you are hurt, and then they just try to help you uh, through the pain. And that's, that's the way I think it should be. I've never really heard of any schools being any different, but I wouldn't put it 
past anybody to run schools a different way. You know, you come in here, you got to do this, and we'll break you. Uh, so I think those things still exist today. I just think there's a lot less of them um, with all the technology and everything else and putting people on blast. And I mean, there's a whole channel designated to fake schools, like just bullshit schools that are not teaching anybody anything. It's actually pretty funny. If I could remember it, I'd shout it out, but I can't. Um, so, you know, class was awesome. Um, and then hung out with Tyler till like one o'clock. And as always, I'm here with you. I'm here with all of you to do it all over again. But yeah, I just wanted everybody to see that I think with the way the world is today, there is no escaping anxiety. There's no escaping spells of depression. And I do truthfully believe that if you get away from your addiction, everything else will fall into line. You know? I really, really, really do believe that. So... That's my weekly roundup. Yes. And uh, real quick, before we get into the next part, um, again, we're in the pink shirt, pink ribbon. It's still October. It's still cancer, uh, uh, breast cancer awareness month. Um, so uh, go and donate what you can if you can, um, you know. Uh, we have little boxes um, that are in our shop at New Hampshire Vape Gallery all year round for this cause uh, specific. God damn it. <clears throat> for this cause specifically. Um, so I just tell everybody, uh, you know, just be aware, um, male or female, obviously female. More, make sure you go get your checkups. It's good for you. Male, we, we, if you, if you feel something weird, go and get it checked out. Don't hesitate. Cancer sucks, but we don't want to, we don't want any, we don't want any cancers, but you know, just be aware uh, that it can happen to males as well as females. Um, and I think it's just good to be aware of everything going on in your body. Be aware of your body. Slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com That's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com You're not sure how to spell that? It's right here at the bottom of the screen or in the description below the video. But this website has got it all. They've got everything. All the best quality printed t-shirts you can handle along with winter beanies, winter sweatshirts. I mean, what more do you want? They got gloves for removing snow and snow blowing. I use them all year round. They are the best gloves ever. I love them for doing yard work and I love them for cleaning up snow. They are a perfect item for all your uh, work that you have to do around your house all year round. It's amazing. 
All the kid tees. They come out with new ones. They got long sleeve jerseys. Uh, they got the leggings. All of these items will help keep you warm this winter while we will be out there cleaning up snow. And I just, I again, I cannot say it enough. These t-shirts are amazing. The quality is amazing. The colors are amazing. And the fact that they can go uh, a wash after wash without losing their print or colors is just incredible. But you can only get this stuff here at slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. That's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. You're not sure how to spell it? It's right here at the bottom of the screen or the link is in the description below the video. New Hampshire Vape Gallery is located at 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, down the street from Home Depot and next to Smoke Ring, where we are open seven days a week from 1030 to 8 p.m. And you feel free to give us a call 603-814-4171. We have got it all. I've been saying it forever now. That's right. You looking for disposables. You looking for flavors. You looking for menthol. We've got it in stock today. Our Escobar disposables are amazing. I love these things. They are 2,500 puffs for 25 bucks. You buy three, it's 70. What a great deal and so many puffs to give. Um, our devices, the IPX80, the Nord 4, the brand new um, G-Priv. All of those devices are in stock today and come in and get them, right? Come and get them. And other things that we have, look at this right here. Escobar, Delta 8. I've got Moon Men, Delta 8, disposables, cartridges made by Effects. Great Delta 8. I've also got pre-rolls, Delta 8. I got CBD. We carry everything. So if you're looking for CBD or Delta 8 or maybe just some way to get off of those cigarettes, come on in today to New Hampshire Vape Gallery located at 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, down the street from Home Depot and next to Smoke Ring where we are open seven days a week from 1030 to 8 p.m. And you can always give us a call to see if we have something in stock. 603-814-4171. And as always, I look forward to seeing you there. NaturalBossNH.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-B-O-S-S-N-H.com. I love this website. I still use the hand sanitizer religiously. And you can get some now. It's on sale for $3 a bottle best hand sanitizer I've ever used and I like the way it makes my hands feel I like the fact that my hands are clean after using it and it keeps me a little bit safer from the flu and COVID um, you can get some salve for your dry skin maybe you got a beard that's all over the place need some cleaning up get yourself some beard oil their lip balm is amazing I love it and Got to get myself some more because I used all mine up 
this summer. I've been using it all year round. My lips are always dry, and the winter tears them up, and this stuff keeps them from cracking. So I can't wait to get some more. Um, and then, of course, they got their foot and body soak, which is just amazing. It can take those stressful days and just melt them away and have a nice evening and a good soak. And then you're all set. You're relaxed. And now you're ready for tomorrow. It sounds amazing. That's because it is amazing. But you can only get these products from naturalbossnh.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-B-O-S-S-N-H.com. Buy one or all five of these products today. All right. Let's get into this week's current events. Woo! All right, current events. I like this segment. It's fun for me. Um, I found a couple segments that have some videos. Um, I know my reading is not the best and trust me, I am working on it. Um, but I've been doing a lot of digging into things. And one of the things I've been looking into since my knee has been getting messed up, uh, my fingers, uh, the, you know, this knuckle up here. Uh, the, these two fingers, I have to tape these two together. I have to tape this knuckle up top. I have to tape the thumb because the thumb joint popped weeks and weeks ago. Um, all these things are happening to my body that I am not understanding. And I started looking into it a little bit more because I was wondering if vaping dehydrates you, right? It attaches itself to water molecules as it exits our body. So, therefore, taking water away from us, which is why, back in the day, they called it water vapor. Just an FYI. It is not water vapor. It attaches itself to water molecules, and that's where the term came from. Found that out. And then... I was like, well, wait a minute. If it's pulling water out of my lungs and off my tongue and out of my mouth, which causes dry mouth, it causes uh, the taste to go away. So if you're ever vaping, here's a small tip and probably going to be one of my smaller clips later. Um, but if you're ever vaping and you can't taste your flavor anymore, drink some water, not soda, not anything else, just water. You're dehydrated, and you need to hydrate, and then all of a sudden, the flavor comes back. Really weird, huh? So, I've known all those things for years. What I wanted to know was, is vaping dehydrating me to the extent of my joints failing? Now, I will tell you when I looked into this, I did not find any hard evidence. There are cases linked to body aches, headaches, uh, joint pain because of vaping. But these were all in younger teens, not, well, no, younger adults. And they've never smoked cigarettes. They've never done. So when they went from nothing to vaping, these side effects happened, uh, not 100% linked to vaping altogether, 
but definitely symptoms of it. I'm wondering if that's because they've never done anything before, so their body is just having a hard time with the vaping, where my body probably had a hard time with smoking cigarettes, right? Um, But then I had some customers come into the store, and multiple times I had to tell people not to vape in the store. Now, quick story. Before COVID, we would let everybody vape in the store. Literally everybody. People would hang out forever, hours, vaping in that place. And I used to go home really shaky and confused. And then COVID happened. We got closed down. Nobody in the store. Doing all kinds of shit behind the scenes. While we were locked up, you know, breaking protocol, going to the shop, doing stuff, getting it ready for when we can actually open up again. And I realized, I was like, man, this is nice. I don't feel the same way when leaving the shop as I once did. And then we opened up. And everybody had to wear masks, but you could come inside finally. Hung the plastic, the whole nine. And I realized again, still not feeling shaky, dizzy, or sick when I leave work. And I go, huh. Is that because nobody's vaping in here anymore? So we discussed it, and we agreed. Yeah, probably. We were probably getting nicotine poisoning because we had poor air circulation and not enough air circulation for people to physically vape inside the store. So before the mask mandates went away, we said no vaping in the store. Never again. I still... To this day, have to ask people not to vape. So I did a little bit of investigating. And I wanted to know, since this virus is spread through the air, we figured out, not on things, but through the air, what is stopping it from attaching itself to smoke, or vapor. And lo and behold, you can see, can secondhand smoke transmit the novel coronavirus? Now, this is an article from Healthline. I went through multiple articles on this. I am not saying that the science is 100%. I'm not saying that the article that I'm reading you is 100% true or accurate. I don't know who actually wrote this. But what I'm saying is that 99% of the articles that I looked at and read through, all of them said the same thing. Yes. So here we are in the middle of a pandemic. You weren't capable of vaping in a store for a year and a half 
right? Because you were wearing a fucking mask. And now I have to ask you not to vape. And you look at me like you're confused. Well, I don't know if you know, but if it's a respiratory virus that spreads with us breathing, then what makes you think I want you vaping in the store? So that that cloud is just hovering around and I get to breathe it in. So I did some investigation. And they said, experts say droplets containing the novel coronavirus that causes COVID-19 can travel, travel farther in cigarette smoke as well as e-cigarette vapor. All data and statistics are based on publicity available data at the time of publication. Some information may be out of date. Visit our coronavirus hub and follow live updates page. The most recent information on COVID-19. Experts say secondhand smoke from cigarettes as well as e-cigarettes can tra transmit novel coronavirus farther than usual. They add that people aren't wearing masks while they're smoking or vaping. They also note that smokers and vapors have a higher risk of developing COVID-19 than the general population. Secondhand smoke has always been a killer, but COVID-19 has made exposure to tobacco smoke potentially deadlier. An exhaled e-cigarette vapor may be even more dangerous, they're saying. E experts say both cigarette... Why do they keep repeating this? Sorry, I keep reading it. Which travels from person to person on microscopic droplets of water vapor exhaled from the lungs. When a vaping cloud is exhaled, it contains an enormous amount of particles. Uh, Lauren Wald, Lauren Wald, PhD, an expert in airborne partic particulate matter, director of biomedical research in the College of Nursing, and an associate professor in the Colleges of Nursing and Medicine at Ohio State University told Healthline. What we don't know is how far the particles can go. We know that the virus can attach to the particles and can travel three or five times, three, four, or five times further than they would by simply being in the air. And this was my thought. I was thinking this. I was like, wait a minute. Has to, right? It's water vapor. Coronavirus is in the water particles. So what's to stop it from floating in the cloud? And I was, I, I knew, I felt like I was right, but I also felt like I was wrong. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain that a little bit more in a second. Even just normal breathing can spread the disease, which is why face masks are recommended to keep virus particles from spreading freely through the air. I really wish they would put in the percentage of efficacy of the face mask in everything. It is 9 to 15%. It is 9 to 20%, 20%. And that's only if everybody's wearing them 100% correctly and they're all wearing the same one. N95 mask. That's it. 
That's all the studies are based off of. They're not based off of cloth masks. They're not based off of bandanas. They're not based off of paper masks. They, all the studies done on mask efficacy is done with an N95 mask. Everybody wearing them exactly the same way. That means over your nose and over your mouth. If you are not doing that, you are nowhere near even the lowest percentage of the mass efficacy, which means you're lower than 9%. It's only got 9 to 20, and everybody has to be on the same page, but nobody's on the same page. People wearing them below their nose, people wearing uh, paper ones, people wearing a T-shirt. All of that brings the efficacy down closer to zero, which is why I'm not a fan of the mask because we can't all get on the same page. So why fight, right? If it makes you feel comfortable, that's fine. Go right ahead. But I don't know how you feel comfortable wearing a mask and then you don't wear it over your nose. That confuses me. And then I'm like, why is that person in the car by themselves wearing a mask? Why is that person running down the street in a mask. None of that makes any sense. There has been four, four, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Four cases of COVID that spread outside. Four throughout the entire world. You know, if you're outside, you got a better chance of not getting it. It's just the way it goes. I mean, there was 90,000 people at some football game and they still haven't had an uptick because they were outside. So we're finding out that being outside is actually the better place to be instead of inside. So anyways, I could go on and on about this. It angers me. Everything makes me upset. This whole thing is just so confusing because we just, it seems like we're doing the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. That's what it seems like to me. All right. So in addition, smokers aren't wearing masks. Oh, when they're dragging a cigarette um, or vaping. Wald says smokers often exhale more forcefully, meaning that the particles that they push out of their lungs can travel even further. So, I mean, I could keep going on and on. This is how smoke travels. This is, you know, novel coronavirus droplets, you know, but I don't think that's necessary. What's necessary is understanding why we should not be vaping or smoking in any facility at this moment in time. Nobody should be doing those things, and you, as the consumer, customer, should not be upset when we ask you not to do those things. That's all. It's very simple. I don't understand it, you know. I don't like going home feeling sick, okay, from breathing in nicotine all day, and I'm so happy that I don't feel that way anymore, but at the same time, I don't want to catch COVID either, or do I? I don't know at this point. I mean, I'm at a point now where they're saying I'm not fully vaccinated anymore, which is super fun, um, and, and, you know... And now, you know, the booster's the new thing. 
And I, I, I don't know. I just don't know. I'm not down for the booster. But I think I am down for getting COVID and getting over this shit. I feel like I just would have a better immunity. You know? A lot of people put Joe Rogan down for what he said and what he did and all this other shit. But, I mean, I'd rather fucking get it, get over it in a day, and be done with it. Because we're finding out, even a year later, people who have had coronavirus actually have good antibodies still. So, I don't know. Look at the studies, look into it, but don't get upset with anybody behind a vape counter if they ask you not to vape. And the other thing I did, too, because I started doubting myself, as I always do, is I called up six different vape shops. I did not let, well, no, two of them I let know who I was. Four of them, I just acted like a customer because I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. I don't understand the other, that's the other thing that bothers me about vape shops. Everybody is like so cutthroat. As soon as you say you're calling from another vape shop, I mean, the person behind the phone, like literally shut down. He was like, hey, how you doing? Uh, and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm blah, blah, blah from blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, well, you'd have to call back and talk to the owner. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're not going to tell me? No, no, I'm not going to do that. You're, you know, and they didn't say this, but that's the feeling I get is you're, you're, you're the competition. I can't tell you what we're doing because then you'll do it. And you're, you're already our competition. So I can't have any more competition. So if you're, you know, he was probably like waiting for me to say what I do. And I didn't, I was just asking if he did allow people to vape inside and he basically told me that. So after that, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to say who I am. I'm just going to pretend like I'm a customer and be like, hey, I'm shopping around and I want to know where I can vape. Can I vape in your store? And I got four no's, one call the owner, and one yes. So I don't know if that shop that I called actually allows it. I really wish I had a five to one ratio, but right now I'd have to say I got a four, a maybe, and a one. So still, no one is letting anybody vape inside right now for the majority. And that's the page I thought we were all on. And this is the reason why we shouldn't be allowing it anywhere. All right. I just don't think it's right. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. If if COVID is out there, which it is, and and breathing spreads this, then what makes you think I'm going to allow you to vape in my store? It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. All right, that's enough of that. I could talk about coronavirus forever, even though I know nothing of what I'm talking about. But here is the Facebook papers. These guys are so fucked. <laughs> I do not know what is going to happen to this company. I heard something about a name change, but there was a lot of stuff going on on Facebook while they were 
deplatforming people, taking down their negative shit, you know, when they wanted to, you know, with all the Trump and all that, they're taking all this stuff down. Meanwhile, I got, I have to go to my phone for a few of these. Um, but meanwhile, I got this update. Facebook whistleblower Francis Hahn testifies before the UK Parliament following the release of hundreds of inter internal company documents. And then Facebook is being used by militia groups and political leaders to incite violence. It has done little to fight back on it. And then dummy accounts showed Facebook researchers how algorithms led users to misfortune and divisive content. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And you're like, holy shit. So this is uh, this is like over five minutes long. I kind of am hoping they'll just get into it right in the beginning. But I wanted to play a little bit of this video to get a feel for what else is going on. And I don't know if the name change thing is real, um, but I thought I heard that they that Mark Zuckerberg wanted to change the name. Maybe they'll mention that in this clip, but... I mean, what is going to happen uh, when, I mean, I just don't know what's going to happen. This, this company has got so much bad shit behind it. And then on top of it, Trump is coming out with Truth Social. And it's going to be 100% free for all. Literally, go on there. Talk about QAnon, Flat Earth, Aliens, Wuhan, all of it. Anything you talk about. It's supposed to be wide open. They're doing a test run right now through Apple to see if they even want to release the app. I say yes. I say yes. I was looking for it. I was ready to subscribe two, three days ago. But here we go. Let's see what they've got to say about Facebook. This wonderful company that has greatly changed all of our lives, right? Facebook executives condemned the attack on the U.S. Capitol, but internally, some employees began to push back. Facebook, they suggested, was culpable. One writing an internal Facebook company chat, All due respect, but haven't we had enough time to figure out how to manage discourse without enabling violence? We've been fueling this fire for a long time, and we shouldn't be surprised it's now out of control. Another wrote they were tired of thoughts and prayers from Facebook leadership. There were dozens of Stop the Steal groups active up until yesterday and another Facebook employee responded. Stop the Steal, the the conspiracy theory movement that helped fuel the insurrection, had been organizing on Facebook for months. How did you guys hear about this event today? Uh, Through Facebook. Facebook events, Instagram, how have you been promoting this? Uh, Well, I created a Facebook event for yesterday's event and I posted after the fact that we were again coming today. I will be again making another event in regards to tomorrow. Facebook provided the fundamental coordinating infrastructure. They were sharing rideshare information. They were sharing resources. They were talking about, you know, what they were going to wear and if they were going to have Trump flags. We now know that an internal Facebook report described the company's attempts to crack down and stop the steal as piecemeal, 
That document, leaked by Facebook whistleblower Frances Haugen, who spent her final months at the company photographing thousands of internal documents and company chat logs. These documents are vindication that what we've been saying as a field has been true all along and that Facebook knows it and could take action on it and decides not to. For many years, people have been talking about the Facebook effect, what Facebook is doing to culture, to society, to politics. But we didn't really know from data from Facebook whether... Ah, that's the whistleblower. The guy that I was just reading about, this is the whistleblower right here. These, these theories were true. What Francis has given us is an extraordinary archive of material that helps us see exactly what's going on and what they know is going on. And uh, it is the biggest and most important contribution to understanding this incredibly important problem that we've ever had. The leaked documents, many just becoming public, were given to a consortium of news organizations, including CNN, formed the basis of a complaint to the SEC, where Haugen alleges the company misled investors and the public about its role perpetuating misinformation and violent extremism relating to the 2020 election and January 6th insurrection. Facebook executives like Nick Clegg will say it's unfair to blame Facebook the insurrection. It's a red herring to say people are blaming Facebook for the entire thing. That's not what's happening here. And you can't at the same time be Facebook and trying to take responsibility and being very proud of all the organizing work that you've helped uh, Black Lives Matter do or the Occupy movements or Standing Rock. You can't take credit for all of that and then say, oh, that thing called the insurrection, we had nothing to do with that. Another revelation from the documents, an internal memo including... That's a very good point, right? I mean, you take credit for all the positive things, but you don't take credit for any of the negative shit, nor do you try to stop them. And uh, I want to let this go just a little bit longer. Um, I just... This company has got a lot of fucking cleaning house to do. They need to really figure their shit out because this is crazy what what they're doing and i got something details of a, a facebook staffer setting up a test account to see what facebook's algorithms were recommending to users 2019 a facebook employee sets up an account designed to look like a 41 year old conservative mom living in north carolina her name is carol smith she likes a few pages she likes trump she likes fox news but in a week she's getting a QAnon recommendation I saw in there that after three weeks, there was actually a recommendation for a page that was the three presenters, the militia, yes. self-described militia involved in the insurrection. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, again, we've suspected this dynamic. Yeah. What's striking about what Francis has revealed is that we now know that Facebook itself saw this precisely. So these are like potato chips that they feed to somebody who's got a potato chip addiction. And that is the reality of the platform. It is an addiction engine, and it profits the more it can manipulate us to consume what we uh, want to consume most. Tony, how has Facebook responded? 
Hey, Anderson, yeah, Facebook's stressing that it wasn't just them, right? A lot of the Stop the Steal content, of course, was on Twitter and YouTube, too. Specifically, here's a statement from a company spokesperson, Andy Stone. He said the notion that the January 6th insurrection would not have happened but for Facebook is absurd. The former president pushed a narrative that the election was stolen, including in person a short distance from the Capitol building that day. The responsibility for the violence lies with those who attacked our Capitol and those who encouraged them. He says Facebook has a long track record of cooperation with law enforcement, including the agencies responsible for addressing threats of domestic terrorism. But Anderson, I just want to highlight there from that report. I mean, what's really remarkable and what really is insightful about all of this is that test account Facebook itself set up as a 41-year-old conservative mom living in North Carolina in the summer of 2019, liked a few conservative pages on Facebook within a week was being dragged down a QAnon rabbit hole, and within three weeks was being recommended pages about the three percenter militia. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. And now the things that are popping up uh, that I've seen, um, not only uh, was that were those things happening and sending people down QAnon rabbit holes and all the stuff um, because of what you set yourself up to be, you know, conservative, Democrat, whatever, you're going to get what feeds your fire. But they also have known about human trafficking. They've known about uh, 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 violence inciting uh, events, and they've shut none of them down. So I don't know how people get banned from certain things. I don't know what you actually have to do. I don't make a lot of tweets. I don't do a lot of Facebook posting. Um, I just promote my podcast. So I'm not on the scale that most people are. Um, but what the hell? You're going to ban certain people for having an opinion on whether or not the election was rigged, but then, and you'll tear them down, and you're like, no, 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 because it goes along with your narrative. But then on the other side, you've got human trafficking, and you've known about it, and you're not going to do anything, or you take Trump down, and maybe this was Twitter, and this is why I get confused, but you take down Trump, you kick him off the platform forever, and then we've got Taliban posting all kinds of shit, driving around in tanks and stealing our equipment and doing all this stuff, and that's okay. So, I don't know. These, these social media platforms are just as ass-backwards as our government, you know? Being outside is safer than being inside. Then doesn't that show that lockdowns don't do anything? Or, you know, masks have been shown to be ineffective to an extent if everybody's not on the same page, but yet everybody has to wear masks. It just, none of this makes any sense to me. And I just thought it, it's crazy. I think it's crazy that these platforms have as much control over what we say and do to an extent 
you know, by shutting us down, blocking us, deplatforming us, um, uh, demonetizing. I just don't think it's right. I think if you want to have a social media platform, you have to be prepared for all of it. And the only thing I think is correct is if you see violence, that gets taken down. And I'm not talking about hunting or, 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 or uh, capturing something like that. I'm talking about beheadings. I'm talking about executions. I'm talking about uh, uh, the violence against women. I'm talking about all that stuff. Anything that is inhumane, is that the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, that should be taken down. They should have not only done something about the human trafficking, but they should have not taken it down, but they should have involved the police and said, hey, look, we've got all this stuff going on here, and we want to help you stop this. I mean, what are they doing, you know? I I just, I, I think this is crazy, and I don't like where it's going. And I don't think changing the name is going to help Facebook. They just found out that a whole bunch of documents were stolen. They got hacked again. I mean, it's just a fucking shit show. So, and I just, I I wanted to look more into this because, uh, well, I'm getting a new phone. I'm doing a lot more advertising. I'm trying to do a lot more social media. And so for the first time in, I think, five years, I'm finally going to have to put Facebook back on my phone. I found out that a lot of people have been trying to contact me through Facebook, and by checking it only once a week on the computer is not as effective as being able to just check my comments real quick and then back out of the app, you know? So, I don't know. I've always hated Facebook. Always. Another live update. Woo! This shit's crazy. Stuff keeps coming in. Facebook. What the hell? Its platform supports more than 100 languages, but its moderation teams don't. They don't? What do you mean they don't? So your app allows multiple languages and you have no way of deciphering what they're saying? Don't we have Google Translate? I don't know. This is going to get deeper. It's going to get exposed even more. And I don't think it's good. I said, Like I said, if these platforms want to have an open dialogue, they've got to allow it all. But if you want to moderate it, and you want to control what is actually published, well, then shouldn't you have some way of deciphering every single language that you accept onto your platform? And, you know, I don't don't think I have an and, but what the fuck is going on with all of this, huh? So, live update. Facebook, I did not know this, you know, 100 languages are allowed to be 
used on Facebook, but their team doesn't know 100 languages. So you figure they would have a computer deciphering all the languages that the people don't know. But that's probably why most of the Taliban and all this other shit is still being posted. But yet if you say Earth is flat or QAnon is real, you get demonetized and taken down off their platform. So crazy stuff, man. Crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, Let's see. The next one. Now, I might be completely stupid for this. But it's okay. I'm used to it. I don't know what a missionary is. So when I heard this, uh, I was like, I don't know what it is. So I pulled up the article and I never got back um, back into it. I know that they kidnapped 17 of them and they wanted a ransom. And it was like a million dollars a person. So these guys wanted like $17 million to get these people back. And I believe, uh, if not all 17, at least 15 of them are U.S. citizens. So let's see what these guys have to say about this. I was very interested. A desperate call for help as seen in a WhatsApp message obtained by CNN. The message reportedly from one of the 17 missionaries kidnapped in Haiti. It reads, please pray for us. We're being harassed, kidnapped currently. They have control of our vehicle with about 15 Americans right now, ladies, men, and children. He then says they're near Gantier, the place a source in Haiti's security forces confirms is where the group was abducted, 12 adults along with five children, according to Christian Aid Ministries. And we're learning more about the gang who may be behind the crime. Our source saying it's the 400 Mawozo gang, one of, if not the most powerful in the country, it's dozens of members with a distinct hallmark, kidnapping. Nearly a year ago, the gang's alleged leader said, me, I work, I'm a gangster, I carry weapons. While I'm in a gang, I have guns, I don't carry weapons to terrorize. Carrying weapons doesn't make me a gangster or a bandit. Several miles down that road there is where our source in the Haitian security forces says this kidnapping was carried out. And in a more normal situation, we would drive several miles down that road and go see exactly where this took place. But following the advice of both our Haitian producer and our security team, we're not going to go any further than this because they say it's not safe. Down that road is the suburb of Quadi Bouquet, which is essentially completely controlled by the 400 Mozawo gang, the gang that authorities say carried out this kidnapping. That gang and others have terrorized Haiti for years, with kidnappings exploding since January, according to a human rights nonprofit based in Port-au-Prince. Foreigners get the attention, but it's ordinary Haitians that are the vast majority of kidnapping victims, data from the organization shows. This man says kidnappings here have been happening for so long. Why did no one talk about it then? Why is the world making such a big deal about foreigners? It's because they're more important. On Monday, Haitians across the capital region took advantage of the renewed attention by staying home. Schools and businesses and transport services shut down, normally packed Port-au-Prince streets empty. It was a quiet form of protest, people demanding safety and security from a government in turmoil. Nobody is safe, says this man. Even normal people going out to buy food get kidnapped. It's even worse for someone in a car. There is so much fear in the country, even people living outside the country are afraid to come back.
Jesus Christ. A missionary is a person sent on a religious mission, especially one sent to promote Christianity in a foreign country. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense. So they were there pushing Christianity, most likely, and then they got kidnapped because they're foreigners, and now they want the U.S. to pay them the ransom because they know how important these people are to them. So this is just their normal way of making money. They kidnap people. They give a ransom. You don't pay the ransom. They just kill the people. So, and we are not supposed to uh, deal with terrorists, right? They make demands. They do this shit. They tell, hey, I, I got your person here. I want this amount of money. We're not supposed to pay it. We're not supposed to inv- uh, indulge them. We're not supposed to give them what they want. But then sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we tell them we're going to. And then that's how we apprehend them. So this is just a fucking mess. And I don't know. Stay out of these places, people. Right? I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, I know that this is probably just me, but why are you pushing Christianity on them? Why are you there? I, I, I just don't understand sometimes why we do the things we do. They've got their own shit going on. They've got their own religions. Like, is it really necessary? Like, did you lose that many people in the church that you need to go here and be like, hey, you need to believe, you should believe in this. This is going to save you. Is it? And that guy made a very good point. If this stuff has been going on for years, now that there's foreigners, there's U.S. citizens here, now it's a big deal? Yeah, yeah, and now it's a big deal. Sorry, we missed out on all the other ones. You know, you didn't have our support before, but uh, you'll get it now because now they got our people. You know, it just, I think a lot of the trouble and problems that are caused are always our own fault, right? I don't think what they were doing was wrong, but... You knew where you were going, right? So, is it your own fault that you're in this mess now? I mean, just from listening to this two-minute clip, not a place I'd go, you know? I don't know. It's just, it's it's kind of crazy, It's it, it and I, I just don't understand... What are you going to do? Now, I I know this article was updated on October 19th. It is October 24th. So maybe something's come of this. Um, But, man, oh, man. What are you doing? What are you doing? All right. Uh, So everybody has heard about this now. Alec Baldwin in the filming uh, scene on the set of Rust. In New Mexico, the prop gun kills director 
director's assistant. Um, it's just sad. And the one thing that everybody keeps saying about this is why do we even need prop guns anymore? And the only thing that I have found out is that it's on low, lower-budgeted movies. They don't have the same capability as the big-budget movies, so they tend to go more towards older technology than paying for the CGI and all this other stuff that can be done today. So that accidents like this don't happen. Now, the last time that this happened was in 93 um, when Bruce Lee's son died. Or was it Bruce Lee? God, I'm having a brain fart. I apologize. Um, But it was 1993, the last time that this happened. I guess now there's a lot of protocol you got to go to before that gun gets into the actor's hand and and it actually gets used in the scene. And they were filming a, this shootout scene. There might have been a close-up or something, and the way that the camera was positioned put her in line of the gunfire, and now you have a tragedy. I, I, I don't think this is his fault. I don't really think... This is anybody's fault. Now, I say this because we're always looking for where to point the finger. But what we don't realize is, is no matter how much protocol, how safe you try to be, how much red tape you have to go through before the gun goes into his hand and gets used in the scene, there's always room for human error there's always room for something to go wrong we don't want things to go wrong but you're already on a low budget movie so things can go wrong i'm not saying that it's the lack of funds that made this happen I don't know if it was the person that was handling the gun. I don't know if it was the person that checked the gun. I don't know. that. I mean, I th- if I read this correctly, there was two or three other people handling this thing before it got handed off to him. And they, you know, they got to go through all. And as soon as he gets handed the gun, they have to let everybody know cold gun on the set. Blah, 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 blah. So I, they took all the steps. They took all the measures. They did everything. They had all their checks and balances. They did it all. And it still had an issue. It still killed somebody. Do we... Damn it. This is tough. This is tough. Because everybody wants to point the finger. And they're pointing the finger at Alec Baldwin, which I think is crazy. I am just like, why? How is it? Why is it the actor's fault? If, if I was going to act, which sounds really cool, you know, 
to be doing that. But if all the people that were handling that thing handed it to me, they were like, okay, cold gun. And I go, cool. And they're like, action. And I'm like, ah, you die. And I, I and that person dies because of the gun that you just gave me that you said was cold and ready to go. Well, I'm going to look at you and be like, what the hell just happened? But because of where Alec is in his popularity and his fame, everybody was pointing the finger at him. I just, I was blown away by it. I don't uh, agree with that at all. I definitely think that if there is somebody to blame, it, it's going to be one of the prop people. I mean, how many times do you have to check that thing? And it's like, I don't think they've said whether or not it was live ammo or a fragment of something. Um, and from what I heard when, is it Brandon Lee? Maybe it was Brandon Lee. Oh, man, I'm going to kick myself. Um, but from what I heard on that story after digging into it from this story was he got handed the gun and as a joke held it up to his head and pulled the trigger. And a fragment of something flew out of the gun embedded into his head and killed him on the set of the crow. And I was unaware of that when I heard the story when I was younger, I heard that somebody was shooting at him and then the fragment killed him. But on a gun period you should never point it at your head. You should never point a gun at anything you're not going to shoot. Okay? Number one gun safety rule. Never point that fucking thing at anything that you're not going to shoot. So, and of course, 93, everything was a lot looser. Back then. So they probably were like, oh, that's so funny. And then he pulled the trigger and everybody was like, no. You know, because from what I've heard is, is even on a prop gun, the air being pushed out of that gun on discharge can break skin. There's still gunpowder. It still makes a bang. But today... Why do we need that gun to make a bang? Why does that gun even need to fire? He couldn't just hold the thing up, pull the trigger, and then they add in the, the bang, bang, and the people falling, and the gun burst of fire. You couldn't add any of that in today. Oh, come on. Come on. I bet you, after this event, I bet you it'll be CGI mandatory from here on out. Doesn't matter if you're a low budget or a high budget. 
They will make it so that these guns probably never find their way back on set. It's just too dangerous. It's too dangerous. You have to have too many people touching it. And yeah, sure, they might be firearm experts and all this. But we're human. This was a human error. And I truthfully believe this was not Alec Baldwin's fault. He just happened to be the actor holding the fucking gun. But that doesn't make it his fault. That thing had to go through protocol. Now, I do want to hear what they have to say about this. Um, So we're going to pop up the screen here. Abrams, ABC News chief legal analyst and film prop master Dutch Merrick. Thank you both for being with us, Dan. I'm going to begin with you because there are obviously a lot of legal questions to sort through. Namely, first and foremost, will Alec Baldwin face criminal charges in this? Right. So let's separate out Alec Baldwin, the actor versus Alec Baldwin, the producer. In either case, you need negligence. You need something he should have done that he didn't do or he did something that he shouldn't have done. Based on what we learned from those search warrants, it does seem Alec Baldwin, the actor, didn't do anything, if everything is accurate there, wrong. Meaning someone yells cold gun, meaning there is no, um, it's not an issue. Secondly, he then acts out the scene exactly as he's supposed to, and then pulls the trigger. If that's true, there's not going to be any criminal responsibility for Alec Baldwin, the actor. But Alec Baldwin, the producer, is a separate question. The question becomes, how did this happen on the set? Who was responsible for it? Were there protocol issues that were happening? Did they have knowledge of problems with safety on the set? Those are all issues that are going to have to be asked because there has been another case in 2015 where a director and a producer and others were charged criminally because of lack lack of safety protocols while filming a movie. Let's talk about those protocols right now with Dutch. And Dutch, first of all, uh, is it possible that live ammunition could actually be on set? Walk us through who's responsible for making sure that doesn't happen. Well, firstly, it's a very somber moment in Hollywood. Everybody, Hollywood is a very tight family uh, nationwide, and this ripples through all of us. Um, There's almost no reason for a live ammunition on a set, and I say almost because it's extremely rare when they use a live ammunition shot. It's very specific. Um, And there's a very thorough chain of events, a a chain of command of who handles the firearms. First and foremost is the armor. They're ultimately responsible for the guns, and they handle the guns guns directly to the actor. They let them know that they're cold or hot, whether they have blanks in them or not. They they would never have it during rehearsal. The ultimate arbiter of safety on a set is the first assistant director. Everything boils down to them. They, they wear that. And a first assistant director grabbing a gun off a cart is unheard of in Hollywood. This doesn't, doesn't meet the safety standards that we do every single day in Hollywood. Hundreds of thousands of rounds, hundreds of thousands of rounds are shot month in and month out in films, motion pictures, and we do it safely. We've done it for 100 years. There's clearly been a breach. Why there was live am- actual ammunition on the set? I mean, the, the, our minds, the armor community, we've been talking about this for the last few days, trying to brainstorm why would this happen. Somebody brought, brought a box of ammo. Was someone doing a gun demonstration on the set out in the desert with live ammo? It's really hard to say. Our job is to create a safe environment for the actors so that they can go home with the trophy. They can play fully when they know it's as real as possible, but ultimately it's safe and nobody's going to get hurt. 
Oh, Dan, as Dutch explains here, that's almost no, it's inexplicable for a lot, right? Not just to be in the gun, but even to be on set. So you talked about criminal charges, but when you talk about a civil case here, who is now responsible? You talk about Alec Baldwin, the producer, but it's an independent film. Who is ultimately responsible could be held that type of, uh, of liable? For I, ex I expect that there will be a civil case, uh, that there will be civil damages awarded in connection with this because of exactly what Dutch has said which is there is no good explanation for how it ended up there. Someone did something wrong. There was some negligence, at the least, on that set. And as a result, I expect, at the least, uh, that there will be a civil case with damages paid out. Uh, Dan and Dutch, thank you both very much. All right, there's a piece of information I didn't know. I didn't know Alec Baldwin was the producer. So, see, there you go. If he's the producer, then... He might be in some trouble because of protocol. And I did not know that they've been firing real guns on sets for for 100 years. So there might still be a need for it, but I have this funny feeling with the way technology is today and the way that we have things so easily um, to... To avoid all this, it's so easy to avoid all this today that that might become the standard to avoid this entirely from here on out. And I didn't know there was another episode, uh, another incident in 2015. So, you know, 93, 2015, and now 2021. So it looks like we've had three. Um, and hopefully it doesn't happen again. And I know we need to find somebody to point the finger at, and maybe this wasn't just a human error. Maybe this was a protocol error, a safety issue. Um, but oh, hopefully they'll just figure it out. And whoever, um, caused this to happen will be held accountable. But I mean, it just sucks. It's sad. Nobody should die on a movie set, you know? It just sucks. So, boop, 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 boop. We've got breaking news on this story. That's right. New details on the Rust tragedy. Crew members were reportedly using guns with live ammunition and shooting at beer cans just before... Haliana Hutchinson was killed. So, crazy shit. We are finding out that these people were playing with guns and shooting at cans before the incident happened. So, the possibilities of a live round being in that gun are very high. And, I don't remember if it was the director or somebody else... But whoever was next in charge had been fired, fired from a movie set for protocol safety issues. So, again, I understand that we're trying to point the finger, but it's not at Alec Baldwin. It's at whoever was in charge. And why 
You know, it's it's so crazy when information gets crossed like that. You know, this person got fired for having protocol issues, safety issues, and winds up on another set, and now somebody's dead. You know, crazy shit live update. And then one of my next ones, I thought this was really cool. Uh, it's a short. It's a short. And uh, the scuba diver found a really cool friggin' article in the ocean. Ah, crap. A diver recovered a sword believed to have belonged to a crusader from the Mediterranean. The hilt and handle were noticeable, even though the blade was encrusted with marine organisms. The director of the Marine Archaeology Unit at the Israel Antiques Authority... Fucking neat, huh? Says the location where it was found was likely a shelter for seafarers. I don't know what a seafarer is. Is that an anchor? Looks like an anchor, right? The sword believed to be around 900 years old. Wow. What is that? Will be displayed after cleaning and restoration. I was just going to ask if they were going to clean it up or can you? Imagine that. 900 years old. And if they get all that shit off of it, we might actually see what the actual sword looks like. I, I mean, isn't that cool? I think, I, I don't know. I always say, oh, you think it's cool? I think it's cool. No shit, dude. That's why you're fucking showing it. Um, But I can't wait to see what it looks like cleaned up. Because if that sword is 900 years old and it made it through all of this and we get to actually see its truth, I don't know if it's the truth. What the fuck am I looking at? When I look at it, it looks like a crustacean, but if you clean it up, it brings it back to its uh, original form. And if it's still holding up today, that's amazing. You know? I don't know. I, I, I Like I said, I, I, I love it. I love when... I love history... I like learning from our history, and I think it's even cooler when we get artifacts from the past, and we get to see them today. And that's a sword from 900 years ago. All right, NASA's Perverance rover captures the sound of Mars. I listened to this. It is a little long. I'm only going to play a clip of it. I don't think you actually get to see anything, but here we go. 
on NASA's Perseverance Mars rover, we have not one, but two microphones. And these microphones are the very first instruments of their kind ever to go to Mars. I'm Nina Lanza, and I'm a scientist at Los Alamos National Laboratory. Hi, I'm Justin Mackey, an imaging scientist at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. One of the microphones is mounted on the mast and moves around as we point the cameras. The other microphone is mounted to the rover body, and it stays fixed on the port side of the rover. The two microphones that we sent were commercial off-the-shelf items. So these are things that you could just buy on the internet, and we put these on our rover. It gives us a new dimension for which we can explore Mars and learn about the Martian environment. First, we can just learn. I'll be honest with you. I thought the microphones were going to be much more sophisticated than that. About the atmosphere by understanding how sound propagates through it. Uh, but we can also listen to the sounds of rover analyses on rocks and learn about rock material properties from that. And finally, we can also listen to the sounds the rover makes to understand better the state of health of our instruments. There's a difference between Mars sense. and Earth sounds. Sounds on Earth have very rich harmonics. You can hear multiple frequencies. It gives a really nice depth to the sound. On Mars, the atmosphere attenuates a lot of those higher frequencies, so you tend to hear the lower frequencies, and it's a much more isolated sound, a little more muted than the sounds we hear on Earth. We put together a list of some of the sounds we've recorded on Mars to date, so let's take a listen. This is the sound of wind on Mars. This was recorded February 22nd. For the first time, we can hear the wind blowing across the surface of Mars to go along with all of the images that we've acquired of dust devils and dust storms over the many years of exploration on the surface. This is the sound of the rover driving on Mars. This was March 6th, 2021. This sound might be a little bit weird because it doesn't sound like a regular driving sound, but that's because the rover's wheels are made of metal. So this metal is rolling over rocks and sand and it makes this really clanky, squeaky sound. Next, we have the Supercam laser zapping rocks. We've taken a lot of pictures of rocks that have been zapped by the Supercam, the little marks in the rocks, and for the first time, we can hear these laser shots. When it zaps a rock, it actually makes a sound. We can listen to that sound and learn something about the properties of the rock that we're analyzing. This is one of my absolute favorite sounds. This is the sound of a helicopter flying on Mars. April 30th. We used this sound to actually understand the propagation of sound in general through the Martian atmosphere. And it turns out that we were totally wrong with our models. The Martian atmosphere can propagate sound a lot further than we thought it could. We've all seen these beautiful images that huh. we get from, from Mars, but having sound to be able to add to those images, it makes me feel like I'm almost right there on the surface. Well, that is awesome. So, sounds on Mars, right? Putting the whole picture together, and it is absolutely incredible. I love it. Um, I don't know. I just find it to be so interesting. And who would have thought simple little mics you get off of Amazon <laughs> or the Internet, she said, right? Which... Most of us are ordering from Amazon. So, not highly sophisticated microphones, just something simple. They threw it on there, and now they're collecting the sound. 
to go with the pictures to create a better story. So really neat. Uh, I mean, I, I think we're going to know a lot about our solar system come 2023. I think we're going to wind up finding out a lot of shit within the next year. Um, but that's it, everybody. It's Monday afternoon. I am waiting on a phone call and I've got to get ready for the rest of this week. Um, make sure you set those alarms. All right. For all the new podcasts, next week's podcast will be a little bit different. I'm going to have to set it up a little bit differently because I will be recording tomorrow. So, I'm probably going to end up doing some stories for next week's podcast, and uh, we'll see how everything rolls out after that. Um, But, yeah, I want to just say, as always, thank you. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for watching. If you uh, share, rate, review, comment, and check out my sponsors um, as well. Thank you so much. You keep me coming back week after week. You keep the podcast afloat, and I greatly appreciate it um, always. So if you are new to the podcast, remember the most important thing, the only thing I want you to do is hit that subscribe button. That's it. It's so easy and simple, and it costs you nothing. It's absolutely free. So go ahead and hit that subscribe for me. All right. Um, Make sure you set the alarm so you know when all the new podcasts upload. Share, rate, review, and leave comments. That's right. Make friends in the comments section. Um, All of that stuff helps out the podcast uh, tremendously. It just really does. It really helps out the podcast. It helps get it out there. So I appreciate it when all of you do that. Um, So keep it up. All right. Uh, if you want to get more involved with the podcast, you can go to Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. It's a great way to get some extra content throughout the week. And you'll find me there. Go follow. All right. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. It's all right here at the bottom of the screen or in the description below the video. And then, of course, if you want to get even more involved with the podcast, send an email over to talkinwithtofer at gmail.com. That's right. Talkinwithtofer at gmail.com is the official email of the podcast. And if you want to get more involved, that's where you need to be sending that information to. And... If you want to get some free merch, yeah, free for you for giving a story, your story, somebody else's story that needs to be heard to get you involved with the podcast, but you got to send it over to T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. If you want to get that free merch, put slow down in the subject line, and if I pick it out, read it out, or even have you on the podcast, then... You're going to get some free slowdown merch, all right? But you can only do that if you send your email or if you send your story over to the official email of the podcast with slowdown in the subject line. Again, that is T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. That's talking with Topher at gmail.com. And as always, as always, I want to just 
Wish everybody a happy Thursday. I hope you enjoy the rest of it. Hope you have a great start to your weekend. And as always, I will talk to you later.